you got a Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22 is where we're going to be at this morning, continuing our series uh, entitled How to Be Great. Uh, how to be great. Uh, and by the way, the answer to that question, how to be great, is understanding that uh, we're called to live lives for uh, the greatest one. Uh, his name is Jesus, the one who saved us, the one who's called us. Uh, and the one who has a plan and purpose uh, for us. Uh, and so this morning we're going to be looking at um, what is known as the great uh, commandment. The great commandment in Matthew chapter 22. Just for some context, uh, Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. Uh, he's getting ready to die for uh, your sins and my sins. Uh, but in the midst of it, as he is in his last week of uh, his earthly life before he goes to the cross, there are some religious teachers, uh, the religious elite scholars of uh, the scriptures that are looking to uh, test him to prove uh, uh, once and for all that uh, he is not uh, uh, valid, if you will. He's not one that has the authority to uh, minister. He is not the son of God. And so they ask questions uh, to try and trick him. Questions like, hey, you know, who do we pay uh, taxes uh, to? Right. Uh, he answers that question uh, in earlier in Matthew 22. And then he, you know, asks questions, you know, he's asked questions like, hey, you know, uh, uh, what does it look like in terms of the resurrection? What does that look like moving uh, forward? He answers that question. And then we get to a question where uh, a guy that's known as a lawyer uh, here in the scripture, not uh, uh, a defense attorney or, you know, someone that you've seen on, you know, some TV series about law, right? A lawyer basically was a, uh, a scholar uh, in the scriptures. He comes and he asks uh, this question, uh, which is the greatest Law, And that's where we find ourselves in Matthew 22, uh, starting in verse 34. We're going to read through uh, verse 40. If you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. Uh, if you don't have a word with you, the verses will be on the screen. You can follow along. But this is what the word of the Lord says. It says this. But when the Pharisees heard that he, talking about Jesus, silenced the Sadducees, they gathered Together, they conspired, Brother Dwayne. They said, hey, it's our turn to try and trick uh, this Jesus. And then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him and said this, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he, talking about Jesus, responded and said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, this is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. We see Jesus here satisfy the question of this religious teacher. And saying this, at the end of the day, hey, the greatest commandment is love. That's what it boils down to. The greatest commandment isn't doing all these, you know, cool things or for God or, or, or self-proclaiming yourself to be, hey, some great follower of the Lord. No, at the end of the day, the greatest commandment is love. It's love. 
And that is the same truth for us in here today. The greatest commandment is love. I've entitled the message today, The Theology of Love. The Theology of Love. At the end of the day, hey, our Christian life, church, right, it boils down to the call to love. Why don't we pray together one more time? Lord God, we love you. We thank you. Lord, for your love for us, as we're getting ready to talk about here in a second, Lord, demonstrated on Calvary's cross. God, I pray right now for the person in here who has yet to experience that love. There's never been a point in time in their life when they've surrendered to uh, you. I pray that they would respond, Lord. I pray for the saints of God in the house, Lord. I pray for that one in here who perhaps has heard this passage many a times and uh, just going to check it off the box check this day off there's another sermon listen to lord i pray that you would meet them where they are god pray for the person here that's struggling to love god i pray that you'd meet them where they are and that they respond to your word lord i pray for all of us lord that you teach us god how to love you better and how to love others better And God, will give you the glory uh, for it all, Lord. We love you, thank you, and we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen. amen, amen. The theology of love. We see here Jesus says, hey, our Christian life, it boils down to two things, loving God and loving people. And as I say that, as I mentioned just in the prayer just a second ago, you may be in here and you've heard that, you've read this passage several times, you've heard several sermons pertain to this passage several times. You've heard that phrase. It's almost become a, a buzz phrase to you. Love God and love people. You've heard it a lot. Heard it a lot. And, and so what I want to talk about, right, is, is what this looks like. How do we do this? What does it look like to truly love God and to truly love others? Man, we know what it means. Oh, yeah, hey, most of us in here say, hey, we love God. Most of you say, hey, we love people. You know, we're, we're not jerks to everybody. You know, jerks to certain people, not jerks to everybody. All right. We think, hey, you know, I mean, we come to church. We're here at church. Man, we love God. Hey, you know, hey, we're, we're good compared to other folks. But, but what I want to talk about this morning is what does it look like for us to do that? And I believe here in Jesus's response, he highlights two ways in which, man, hey, we're called to love God and love people. Really, you know, the way that we're called to love God. And the second point being the way that we're called to love uh, people, the way that we love God, which is point number one, is this. Hey, loving God looks like our whole selves devoted to him. Loving God looks like our whole selves devoted to him. Man, it's this life that's fully committed to, man, God, all out, all in, sold out for him. It's a life of devotion to him. When Jesus makes this statement, right, to what he does, he's going back to the Old Testament, right, Deuteronomy 6, 4, and he's reciting what is known as the Shema, right, to, to these Jewish people. And these, the folks that were there, the Pharisees, when they heard that, they said, oh, yeah, man, hey, we, we understand that. Because back in the day, right, to the Jewish folks, man, the Shema, they would recite it all the time. Recited multiple times a day when they rose up and when they went to bed. 
during the day. They would recite, hey, I, I got to love the Lord my God with everything that I got. And many scholars believe that uh, Jewish folks, man, when they came to their deathbed, this was the phrase that they wanted to say as their dying breath. Hey, I've got to love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. So they understood this fact that it was the most important commandment. But here's what they had forgotten. Hey, that phrase just simply, it, it came to a point, Brother Rick, where it just became about words. It was just words. It was, hey, it was just a redundant phrase that they'd say. And they missed out on the heart of it. No longer, hey, were they loving God, were they loving God with all that they had? That's right, Brother Dwayne, lip service to him. And if we're not careful, hey, we can fall victim to that same thing. Hey, say that we're loving God, hey, and it's just lip service to us. I love what one commentary says, right, about Jesus' declaration here. The three nouns together, right? Loving God with our soul, uh, heart, mind, and soul indicate the essential nature of man, his ultimate fundamental loyalty, and not just a superficial allegiance, right? This phrase was more than just a phrase, man. Hey, it was a calling for us to fulfill, man, loving him with all. Man, of ourselves. I love the quote from Greg Laurie that says this. Loving God more than anyone or anything else is the very foundation of being a disciple. If you want to live your Christian life to the fullest, then love Jesus more than anyone and anything else. Loving God looks like our whole selves devoted to him. What is that? Look like then, man. Hey, Pastor Irv, you're just saying, you know, a, a, a statement here. Man, fully devoted. What, what does that look like? Well, it looks like this, right? Sub uh, point A here. Man, what does it look like to love God with our whole selves? Man, it, it's loving God because of our covenant relationship with him. It says love the Lord your God. It doesn't say love the Lord a God. It says love the Lord your God. In the context of Deuteronomy 6, right, what they were saying was, hey, this God, Yahweh, man, who entered into a covenant relationship with us because of his love, hey, we're called, hey, to love him fully. And in the same way, us, right, hey, this God, man, that loved us so much, he sent his son, Jesus in the context here, a couple days later, getting ready to go to a cross, sent his son to die on a cross for us so that we could be brought back into relationship with him. Hey, because he loves us, man, hey, we're called to give all, give our all to him. It's because of this covenant relationship that we have with him. When we surrendered to Jesus, we entered into a loving covenant relationship with him. A new and better covenant with him. And because of that, we ought to love him. Hebrews 9.15 says it like this. Therefore, he... Talking about Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Since a death has occurred that redeems, hallelujah, redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. Hey, let, let me illustrate it for you here. Hey, the reason why we live lives sold out, man, to this God is because, hey, he first loved us. He first loved us. Hey, we love him because he first loved us. And I know what you, know, you may be thinking. Hey, Pastor Earth, man, I've loved God my, my whole life. 
And it's demonstrated because, man, hey, I was in the church nine months before I came to live on this earth. Hey, my my parents, man, hey, they went to church, man. And, and, you know, I was there, man, even before I was alive. Man, I've loved God my whole life. Can can I go ahead and just just be honest with you? Keep 100 with you? That's not true. Bible tells us, right, hey, man, because for nature as sinners, man, hey, we were once enemies of him. Romans 5.10 says that. Hey, but when we surrendered, man, when we responded to his love, right, by receiving the gift of eternal life through trusting in Jesus, man, we entered into this covenant relationship with him. And so for that reason, church, we ought to love him, be all in for him. First John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us because of the gift that he gave us out of his love. Man, we ought to love him, love him. It's because of the Lord's love that we love. I'll never forget. Uh, and I think I told this guy that I loved him, you know, one uh, time as a gift. Uh, one of the leaders, he's at Sango, one of our trustees. Uh, through the company that he works for, he was able to score some uh, box seats tickets to uh, the national, uh, uh, you know, NCAA uh, national ch- semifinal game. He won the championship where my team, the Oklahoma Sooners, were playing against LSU. And he was able to score some box seats, you know, tickets, Brother Rick. Hey, I ain't never lived, I ain't never been bougie like that, never had the opportunity to be able to watch a game like that before and I remember hearing the news right that you know uh, uh, hearing the news about him providing that gift for me and I think I remember telling him man hey I, I love you brother Kevin I love you I love you more if you give me some free Popeyes but that's either I love you hey he, he showed man that he cared for me by providing that gift and hey my response man was to love him and, and that's simply the call here man Hey, we love the Lord because of the covenant relationship that we're in with him through his son, Jesus Christ. But not only that, hey, loving God with our whole selves isn't just us doing it because of our covenant relationship with him. But but loving the Lord with our whole self looks like this, loving him without condition, loving him without condition. Hey, that that word that Jesus talks about here, love, the original language, the word you probably heard about, heard of it before, agape everlasting love hey uh, uh that love right that speaks to that's eternal it's not just circumstantial it's not just a love that's rooted in emotions or feelings it's that kind of love that stays in the fight that love that stays chasing after him man even though circumstances don't go your way it's that love that isn't self-serving or sacrificial or, or uh, not self-serving rather but sacrificial it's this love that says, hey, Jesus, I'm all in for you no matter what. No matter what. That's the kind of love, man, that Jesus is talking about possessing here. Luke 9, 62 says it like this. Jesus said uh, to him, right, Jesus is answering uh, uh, some questions here and speaking about what it means to, uh, to be a disciple, right? And he says this in verse 62. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God basically saying this, hey, no one that says, hey, I'm all in, but then looks back at their old life or looks back at their circumstances or looks back and says, hey, I, ah, Jesus, hey, I'll be all in for you, man. A couple of days of the week. It's fit for the kingdom. Loving God without condition is saying, Lord, here I am. Hey, take my life and use it. Use it. 
Here's the question for you today, man. Hey, what are some conditions that you're putting on your love with Jesus? Hey, Jesus, man, hey, I'll, hey, I'll love you. Hey, until you call me to go to that place, talk to that person. Hey, hey, Jesus, I love you. I love you. But hey, if you don't answer that prayer the way that I prayed it, hey, I'm out. I'll go back. Hey, I'll go back to my own life. Hey, Jesus, I love you. Hey, until it's summertime, then hey, man, hey, we, hey, we got to have family time, man. Hey, we we got to do our own thing. Hey, we'll, we'll get back to you come uh, the fall. Hey, what, what conditions are you putting on him? Hey, this kind of love that Jesus talks about here is without condition. Now, I get it. Hear me. Hey, stuff happens. Hey, seasons of life come. Hey, don't hear me trying to shame you today. Don't even try to shame you today. What I am saying, though, is this. Hey, if, if you're all in for Jesus, man, hey, you're all in. And so when he says, man, to, to, to go, you go. When he says to take that hey, next step, you take that next step. Whenever he says to serve, bless God, you serve. And it's loving him without condition. It's like that old hymn goes, right? Hey, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, unto thee. Man, love, love, loving God, man. Loving God looks like, man, a life totally dependent upon him. Our whole selves devoted to him. That's what Jesus talks about here. The Pharisees, they missed it. And if we're not careful, man, us church folks, we could easily miss it, too. It can just become a phrase, man. But it's a call for us to go all in. Loving God looks like this, man, living life fully devoted to him. But then secondly and lastly, and I'm done, man, we see what loving God looks like. But we also see him describe what loving people looks like. Looks like this, man. Loving people looks like a devotion to see and to care for all for all people. It's interesting in the text, Jesus, man, he puts right the loving people portion there. Hey, the religious people, they knew, man, Deuteronomy 6, 4, the Shema, and they were good at reciting that, but hey, they, hey, they never, they hardly ever, I should say, recited the second portion of this, which comes from Leviticus 19, 18, that speaks to this call, hey, to love people. It's just like it. Just like it. And what he's doing, Jesus is doing in this context here, is saying this fact. He's, number one, calling out the religious leaders because they weren't good at this. Hey, they were real good, right, at letting folks know that they love God. But, hey, man, they, they, they look down on people, their own people. If they, did, if they weren't as wealthy as they were, if they weren't as studied up as they were, they looked down upon them. And, hey, bless God, hey, if they were of a different ethnicity, hey, they surely looked down upon them. Call, hey, called them out. They, matter of fact, it talks about it here. They thought of Gentile people, folks that weren't Jews, they thought of them as dogs. Dirty dogs. Not those little cute little puppy dogs you may have at your house. Dirty dogs. And what Jesus is saying here is this. Hey, it's a both and here. It's a both and. Jesus is trying to communicate this truth that, hey, loving God and loving people, man, it's they're inextricably linked. They're linked together. And that same truth applies for us today. Brother Ross, I, I think in the church, a lot of times, folks would like to take these two commandments and treat them as if they were some kind of sandwich, if you will. Think about your favorite sandwich, whether it be peanut butter and jelly, whether it be ham and cheese. Hey, for me, 
I like peanut butter and jelly, or I can eat the sandwich without jelly. I can just have peanut butter there. I can take that out. Hey, I like ham and cheese, or I can take the cheese out and just eat a ham sandwich. In the same way folks like to think of these commandments as they say, they think, hey, man, I can love people without, hey, loving God or following all this God stuff. Hey, or, hey, I love God, but, man, I don't have, hey, I can do that without loving my neighbor or having to fool with that. You, you, you can't. It's not true. You can't love, you can't love God without loving people. Matter of fact, first John tells us, hey, if you say that you love God and don't love your neighbor, you're a liar. It just, it says it right there. It says it right there. The truth is, hey, man, these two commandments are in its triply linked. And so if we say that we love God, hey, we have got, man, to love our neighbor, love people. You may say, Pastor, who's my neighbor? I'm talking about my literal neighbor. That's tough, man. He doesn't cut his grass. Like, how, how, you know, how can I love? He doesn't cut his grass. Man, hey, he's, they're loud, man. They're loud at nighttime, man. How, hey, how, how are we supposed to love them? What's that look like? Well, you can take a look on your own time right at Luke 10, 25 through 37. Blessing on what that looks like. But we're called, man, to love all people. All people. That's what that neighbor means. I'll just go ahead and give you the answer. It's all people. All people. It's called to love all people. What does that look like uh, real quick and then we're done? Loving all people looks like this, choosing to value them, number one. Value them. question that I have for you today is, hey, do, do, you, do you value people? Or do you just see them as a means to your end, to your gain? Do you value people? Do you value them the way that Jesus does? We're called to do that. Remember Mark 6, 34? It says that Jesus, man, he saw the crowds there, and it says that he had what? Compassion. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And do you have compassion over those that you're around? Do you have the same eyes for people that Jesus has? Right? Second Corinthians 5 tells us, hey, not to see or view people, right, from a fleshly standpoint anymore, now that we're in Christ. Man, see them as Christ sees them. That person that's far gone, man, see them, hey, as one to whom Christ died for. Hey, that person, man, that, that may be your quote-unquote enemy. Hey, see them as one that the Lord created. Man, they, they have this, hey, they were made in the image of God just like you. The Imago Dei, man, applies to them just as much as it applies to you. Do you see and value people the way that and the Lord does? I'm thankful that there was a family in my life. I've had several families that have invested in me. I didn't grow up in the church. Several families that the Lord has brought uh, into uh, my life to invest in. And one of those families uh, were named the Fergusons. Um, Fergusons, I was uh, best friends with uh, the oldest son. We connected because we both, you know, on, only dudes, you know, uh, in the family had just had sisters. And so, man, we hung out all the time and, and connected. But the Ferguson family, man, they, they treated me like a son. Even though, Brother Rick, man... They were white, and I was black. Hey, even though not only was I black, man, my parents were from a whole uh, whole different country, different culture, different context. It, it didn't matter to them. They treated me as a son, and, and, and it wasn't uh, self-serving for them. It wasn't charity for them. 
Listen, they understood this call, man, to value all people, man. So they took me in and loved me as if I was one of their own children and were a big part of, hey, me coming to faith. The question that I have for you today, man, do you value all people, man? You value them. And by the way, let me go ahead and throw this in for no charge, Sister Diana, right? Hey, we can choose to value folks without affirming the lifestyle that they live. Hello. Did you know that? Hey, you can value folks without affirming the lifestyle that they live. Hey, if somebody is living in sin, hey, you, you, you can still, man, love them as Christ loves them. But what that looks like is, man, praying and leading them to the truth. So the call is, hey, to value man, all folks and see them the way that Christ sees them. Genesis 1, 26. God talking here says this, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Uh, the Imago day. Man, man, we see all folks, man, as folks that the Lord has made. And that the Lord wants to save. Man, let's value all folks. That's what it looks like, man, to see and care for all people. Secondly and lastly, what it looks like, man, to see and care for all people is this. Choose to view yourself the way that the Lord views you. Brother Jake, here's the reality. I think a lot of folks, especially within the life of the church, man, they struggle with loving people because, man, they have a low view of themselves. They, they struggle with loving themselves. Jesus here says, right, he says, hey, love your neighbor as what? Yourself. We have got, man, to have the right view of ourselves see ourselves the way that the lord sees us for some of us man we have a low view of ourselves we view ourselves too low man uh, and so our struggle with loving others stems from an insecure place if that's you in here can i encourage you with a couple of things in christ hey you are cared for first peter 5 7 tells us that hey in christ you are loved John 3.16, you may not feel it, but your love, Jesus' love for you doesn't change, hadn't changed, and it won't change. You are loved. Hey, in Christ, man, hey, bless God, we are more than conquerors in him. Romans 8.37, that means this. In Christ, when sin comes crouching at our door, we can say no in Jesus' name because we are more than conquerors in him in Christ you are valued Matthew 6 26 Jesus in his sermon on the mount speaks to uh, that you're valued and in Christ hey you are secured secured Psalm 4 verse 8 and he makes us dwell in safety For those of you who have a low view of yourself man remember the truth of what God says in his word but then we got folks that are on the other side of the spectrum hello can I take some of you, man, you struggle to love people because you view yourselves too highly. Hey, 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 you think too much of yourself. Bless God. Hey, sometimes I, hey, I've got to keep, I've got to check myself because sometimes, man, I, hey, really, hey, walk out the door, man, 
Brother Ross said, hey, I'm, I'm feeling myself, man. Hey, I'm feeling good about myself. Feel, hey, seeing myself too highly? Hey, listen, if that's you, man, the book of Proverbs tells us, man, that pride goes before fall. And so listen to me. Hey, choose to answer what James 4, 8 says and humble yourself before the Lord or else he'll do the humbling for you. And by the way, you, you don't want for him to humble you. Don't want that. Had that time and time again. I've talked about it before, man, playing ball, cooking folks, man, cooking folks. Man, hey, thinking too highly of myself, all of a sudden, whoop, pop, pulled hamstring. Out a couple months. Hey, and it's just a good reminder. Hey, God's like, hey, let me remind you. First and foremost, hey, you're not in the NBA. You're only 5'8". Let me remind you that. But two, <laughs> but, but two, hey, let me remind you. Listen, it ain't about you. It's life isn't about you. And choose to have the right view of yourself. Have the right view of yourself. And see that we have a need for him. The theology of love. The call is, man, for us to love God and to love others. Love God and love others. I'll end with uh, this. Um, Another family that was integral in my growth and development uh, as a Christian uh, were my college ministers, um, Chris and Amanda Walker. Uh, they were part of a small church that I went to while I was in college, and uh, they were folks that e- exemplified this uh, message here. I remember when getting ready to graduate, finishing up school, and, and that year I got a chance to intern at the church uh, with the college ministry, and part of that package was got a chance, you know, I didn't have a car at the time, so they let me borrow an extra car that they had, you know, to drive around, get from place to place, and I'll never forget our last meeting of the year, you know, Sob Fest, we're getting ready to graduate and all this, and, and um, they wait for everybody to leave, and I'm getting ready to leave, and they say, Eric, Hey, Herb, stop. Hold on a second. Uh, and they hand me a couple of papers, and it was title and registration for uh, that vehicle. I mean, like a $9,000 car. You know, I was thinking, man, you know, I was going to try and buy it. Didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was going to try and buy it. And I remember them saying, hey, look, um, we've had several folks that have reached out to us about purchasing this vehicle, but Man, we just believe the Lord's telling us we're supposed to give it to you and to invest in your ministry. I was getting ready to go to seminary in New Orleans. Broke, broke at the time. And I'll never forget that. Because those were people that embodied that loving God and loving people. Hey, even though it hurt, they were going to follow God and say, hey, this is what God is telling us to do. Hey, we're going to follow him in obedience and we're going to give you this. And hey, even though I was different from them, even though, man, I, you know, broke college student, I knew I was called to ministry, knew I was called to go to seminary, man, hey, I still had a lot I, I had to deal with in my life, even, even though I had all that. Man, they said, hey, we're going to love you anyways and exhibit that love by giving you this gift. What a beautiful picture of folks that love God and love people.
I say all that to say this. Hey, may this phrase, loving God and loving people, be more than just a phrase for us in this room. May it be real. May it be real. May may loving God be real. May may we desire, man, to be a folks that that want to grow, man, deeper in our love for the God that saved us, that changed us. Man, may we be a people that chooses to love other people, man. Hey, folks are going to know that we belong to Jesus by our love for one another, yes. Hey, but an indicator of the fact that our heart's been changed is when we choose to be people that love the people that are outside these walls, man. No matter what they look like, no matter where they come from. No matter where they align politically. Hell, oh, I might be meddling now, but no matter where they align politically. And may we choose to be a people that love God and love people.